0: Well, just when we thought that artificial intelligence is the next big thing, just when we thought that we need something huge to organize the vast data for AI, we realized that organizing data is not just about storing them in computers, but building an infrastructure that could hold the data and sort it. Let me tell you that for now, this infrastructure has to operate in low to very cold temperatures. However, we came across someone who has dedicated her life to the study and has been working towards a mission. She believes and has made us believe with her study, expertise and her work that higher temperature quantum phase is not just the future of tech, but will also eliminate the key stability issues of this industry. I would like to welcome Dr. Reina Olson, a quantum engineer and founder of Aurora Quantum Technologies. Dr. Reina, welcome to Bay Street Diary, it's a pleasure to have you with us. By far, you're the most exciting startup of this era, and I say this because I've gone through the details of your study, your work, and the expected results. I mean, it could change the world for a lot of industries like artificial intelligence, finance, logistics, healthcare, and security. I would love to share your life and work with our audience.
1: Thank you, yeah, quantum is a very exciting area. Yeah,
0: definitely. Okay, so Dr. Rena, what is your background? You are a quantum engineer, a totally new field of engineering. Tell us more about it and what it means. Well, um,
1: new, new years of engineering are created whenever like, new discoveries from science are used to create fundamentally new technologies. And then engineers have to learn that new field. So I call myself a quantum engineer because I actually have an extensive background uh, you know, in training and experience in both engineering and physics. Um, so I started my career as an engineer, and I got three degrees in uh, computer and electrical engineering. Um, and I really loved uh, engineering. and particularly I liked to learn about um, computers and how they have all these different specialized parts that all do different things and then work together in this seamless way to make something that you don't even understand how complicated sure. it is. Um, but then I, I wanted to learn more about like the world of the very small, so I went back for two more degrees in physics. Um, and it turns out that uh, quantum is the very, the very, the world of the very small. Um, and that world of like atoms and stuff, it behaves very differently than than the big world that we're familiar with. Mm. Um, and actually. Quantum is so, um, you know, strange and non-intuitive um, but you know, my first semester I kind of, uh, you know, felt out of my depth and was, you know, thought maybe I made a mistake. Uh, but then I, I really fell in love, in love with quantum, um, and I wrote my first paper um, in, in physics on, uh, you know, explaining electrical c- conduction and the quantum mechanics of it in the way that my engineering brain could wrap my mind around. Um, So, you know, most people probably think of scientists and engineers as very different or, you know, very similar. Um, But actually, uh, scientists and engineers, they, like, think in different ways and and they do very different things. Um, Scientists try to understand things, but engineers try to make them work. So whenever you have a new area of technology, there's some talent lag, while while engineers, um, you know, learn the new, new ideas in a way that they can understand. Um, So I feel very fortunate to have this background in in Bold Engineering and Physics at this exciting time when I can be part of this uh, quantum revolution. Right. And perfectly at
0: the right time. Quantum is the future. (laughs) Yes. So many of our viewers have heard about quantum computing, but understanding of this new technology sector is limited. What is quantum computer and how it differs from the computers we use today?
1: So um, in a classical computer, you store the information in bits. And these are like little switches that could be on or off, you know, the zeros and ones. Okay. And each bit holds one piece of information. So if you add one new bit, you add one piece of information.
0: Right.
1: In a quantum computer, like the units are called qubits. Okay. Um, and the information, though, is actually stored in the relationships between the qubits. So when you add one new qubit, it has new relationships with all of the qubits that are already there. So the information actually doubles every time you add a qubit.
0: So and could you say qubit is a set of bits related together?
1: Yeah, yeah, sort of. It's just it's a quantum bit. And right. it, it's the relationships where you store the information. So you actually get an exponential growth in processing power with the size of the computer. Um, and this is what you can use to tackle some of the huge problems uh, in, in areas like artificial intelligence that right. the world uh, needs
0: to solve today. That's very interesting to learn. <laughs> Oracle aims to solve some of the major barriers to commercially viable quantum computing. Uh, what are the challenges faced here?
1: Well, you know, there's all kinds of challenges, but there's like one way to sum them up, and that's scalability. Um, the quantum computers we have today, they're, they're kind of more like toys. Um, you know, they're amazing toys created through decades of work by amazing people. But they're still toys in the sense um, that they, they can't solve a whole lot of useful problems yet because they're just not big enough. Um, Experts estimate that they'll need to be 20,000 times bigger to, you know, be generally useful in solving a wide wide variety of problems. Uh, So the the quantum computers we have today, they already cost like millions of dollars and they're the size of a large closet. Um, So that means a useful quantum computer, if it's exactly the same as it is today, it's going to cost, you know, half a trillion dollars and be the size of 10 warehouses. Uh, That's not very practical. but even even so, even if it was worth it to have that expensive uh, of, a, of a quantum computer, uh, the problem is that the technology that we have today simply won't scale to that size. Right. Um, and here things get more complicated, because there's actually a bunch of different ways to make quantum computers, and each of them has their own challenge to scalability. So for instance, about half of the companies today are making their uh, quantum computers out of uh super-connecting electrical circuits. Mm-hmm. These are like electrical circuits just like classical computers except they're superconducting and so they have to be kept in these dilution refrigerators that keep everything at a temperature a hundred times colder than the, you know, deepest reaches of outer space. Oh my god. So that's very challenging um, and that's why, why these are, are uh, so expensive and you'd actually need a thousand of these fridges to make a quantum computer big enough to be broadly useful And and nobody knows yet how to make quantum processors in different fridges talk to each other, so people don't know how to scale this particular technology up to that size and all of the other technologies, they have their own problems.
0: Wow, that's hard to believe, but really valuable information. Also, I'm wondering, major tech players are working to solve these problems. What can Aurora Q do what other players cannot? Well,
1: you know, um, every tech startup faces a challenge in, in coming up with a way to beat a big company. Um, The way to do it is to have a powerful approach um, and and the vision that solves an open problem in the field and then uh, create the intellectual property to back it up. Um, Our unique approach is integration. There's about a dozen different ways to make a quantum computer. Each architecture makes the qubits out of very different physical stuff. So you can make the qubits out of light or out of electrical circuits or out of atoms. Right now all of the other uh, companies in the space are arguing over what is the best way to make a quantum computer? And our answer is all of them. Each approach has different strengths and different weaknesses. By integrating them, we'll use the best of each approach to overcome the challenges to scalability and build a quantum computer that will will dominate the industry for decades to come. Now, we're certainly not the first people to have this idea. It's been floating around in the academic literature uh, for a long time. But we're the first company to really commit to it, build our vision around it, and develop the core IP that will be needed to make it work. Um, and I don't think it's likely that other companies will be shifting their strategy you know, like this anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and by that time we'll, we'll have built up a good moat of intellectual property uh, to right. protect our approach. <coughs> right. So the reason we're so different <laughs> is because we're led by a quantum engineer. Um, and, you know, the other companies have a lot of engineers working for them, of course, but um, the, their their like overall vision and, and the approach they're taking to the quantum computer has been designed by a scientist. And that matters because scientists and engineers um, are actually very different. Scientists are trained to understand things, which usually means that, you know, they go very carefully, step by step, and they only add things when they understand each, each uh, step uh-huh. that came before. Um, engineers are trained to make things useful, which usually means making them complicated, uh-huh. often too complicated to understand, but just complicated enough to work. You know, and we, I really believe that it will be an engineer and not
0: a scientist who designs the first truly practical, scalable quantum computer. Uh-huh but do you mean to say that a quantum engineer is dependent on the scientist's invention and then make their information useful? Well, every, everybody builds on
1: decades of, of work that okay. came before, right? Um, so certainly quantum engineers will be using everything that scientists learned. But once you have engineers that are trained to actually understand quantum at its core, they will be able to come up with the new designs themselves. Okay. And I, you know, I'm already
0: to that point. I already understand quantum, so. All right. I'm sure a lot of people would have asked you this, but why Canada when U.S. also has a huge tech scope? What brought you to Canada to build your company here? Well, you know, there, there's uh,
1: you know, more funding and, and there's more um, variety in the U.S. Uh, but there's also more competition. And culturally, I think, you know, there's a very different uh, attitude around tech companies. I think uh, investors in the u.s like to concentrate most of the funding you know in the hand of hands of a few golden boys that have that startup you know move fast and break things attitude and I, you know I think that's great for sort of software startups where the technology is very well established um, but for a new field like quantum where you need a lot of innovations over over many decades um, you need a company with a long-term vision that, that can uh, play that out and, and really dominate the field. Um, and, you know, we can always go to the U.S. Um, for, for funding and for customers, sure. uh, but, you know, we'll come back home to Canada. And we made that home here for, for two reasons. Um, firstly, uh, you know, Canada actually has a lot of uh, a big quantum industry already, mm-hmm. and that includes some of the quantum companies that have been around the longest, like uh, D-Wave and, and One Qubit. And then there's also a lot of quantum startups popping up all over the place, especially in the Waterloo area where, we, where we've made our home. And you know, all these companies would not have, have uh, existed if there weren't access, access to resources that they need, like talent and funding. Um, you know, the second reason is that uh, quantum up until now, you know, it's just emerging from the academic sector, which has been very small and very international to become an industry. Um, in the upcoming years, talent is going to be the most important and scarce resource in quantum. Mm-hmm. And you know, not only does Canada have some really good training programs for quantum, um, but it's, it's also, you know, much more friendly than the U.S. for immigration.
0: Okay. So why is quantum computing so important today and in times to come? What is that one industry that would benefit hugely from this, according to you?
1: Well, so there's, there's no one single industry. Um, you know, quantum is a revolution. So, you know, just like classical computing, before it's gonna totally revolutionize every, every sector of the information technology. Um, however, like the industries that will see the first benefits of quantum computing in the near term are, I think, uh, industries that produce and use chemicals and materials. Um, and these include a wide range of industries like uh, you know pharmaceuticals, solar cells, food, food production, you know, all sorts of things. Um, and the reason why quantum is so um, important to these industries is because chemicals and materials, they are quantum. Like they're, they're, they're atoms and uh, collections of atoms and they behave in the way that they do uh, because of quantum mechanics. All of those atoms in that um, chemical are all connected to each other and they behave as, as if they're all sharing information, which is the same structure as, right. as, a, as a quantum computer. Um, Even though, you know, quantum is a small thing, it actually impacts our big world in in many ways every day. Uh, We have many experiences that we couldn't understand without quantum. You know, like why things are different colors, why we can smell so many different smells, why one material might be a a conductor and the other might be an an insulator. Um, We can't understand these things without quantum mechanics. Right now, people use classical computers to, to uh, try to predict what de- new chemicals and materials will, will do. Um, but you know, this is just an approximation and it's very slow. With quantum computers, we'll be able to, to do these predictions very quickly and accurately um, and use them to design new chemicals and materials.
0: Right, so in a nutshell, it would be a global revolution.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what is the current state of Aurora Quantum Technologies as in today? Your company has just raised a pre-seed round. What are the next benchmarks for Aurora Q? And what should investors be expecting to see from your company? Well, so far we
1: have investment from uh, Y Combinator, Spectrum 28, DCVC, Bloomberg, and Meta Ventures. Uh, But we are still talking to investors in preparation for our next round. Um, It's really important to us that we find investors aligned with our values um, and long-term vision, and it takes time to build these relationships. Um, so right now we're at hard at work on the technology. Uh, my, my co-founder Reza is working with uh, our CSO, Ibrahim Karimi, towards our first experimental milestone, which is a demonstration of a quantum simulator. A quantum simulator is sort of like a special-purpose quantum computer that's custom-built to solve uh, particular problems. And this is since we're, tra- we're working on chem- chemistry and materials design, producing a product that could be used by industries like pharma to design better drugs. Eventually, we'll use this technology to build uh, special purpose components for a general purpose quantum computer. In the the meantime, um, I'm working on the design of a quantum link between optical and microwave systems. Uh, Our integrated quantum architecture will be very much like the architecture of a classical computer with a a processor that does the calculations and a memory that stores things long term and then a bus that carries information between them. Except in the quantum case, it will be more complicated because those different systems will actually be made out of different physical stuff. Uh, The processor will be made out of electrical circuits, the memory will be made out of atoms, and then we'll have an optical link between them. Uh, So this optical microwave link is important for uh, making the bus talk to the processor. And it's a key piece of our IP that we need uh, to uh, go forward. So both of these things are the milestones that we're uh, working
0: towards uh, for our next round. Right. It sounds so complicated though. <laughs> what is the biggest challenge right now for a company like yours? And what kind of support is needed to help build the quantum ecosystem in Canada? So, uh, you know, part
1: of the reason we came to Canada is because, uh, you know, quantum is still at the stage between academia and industry, and the uh, Canadian government does a great job of, you know, providing uh, grants uh, to encourage these kinds of relationships. Um, I think one of the things that's needed to continue to grow the quantum ecosystem in in Canada is to also, you know, provide some support for er early startups, both both from the government and, and from investors. Because it is a complicated field and a lot of innovations will be needed over decades to uh, build and retain Canada's dominance in this industry. And that requires a lot of different people working on on different projects. Um, Another uh, thing that would really encourage the growth of the ecosystem um, you know, it was one of the problems that a lot of startups in the in the space face is uh, lab resources. So it can take two to four million dollars to build just a pretty basic lab um, in this space, and that's often beyond the reach of startups. Um, I know of two programs in the in the U.S. where they're building a user program for. Small companies that are starting quantum, so that they can do their early work during their seed stage in the in this shared facility um, that has all the equipment needed for free at, or, at, or at a low cost. Okay. Um, and I'd like to see more programs like that in, in Canada that are established to help the quantum industry as a whole. All right.
0: So, do you see Waterloo as a permanent home base for Aurora Q? Why Waterloo and not a large urban center like Toronto? Well, you
1: know, uh, Waterloo has the things that we we really need most right now, just like the the specialized quantum talent, um, space to build a lab, uh, fabrication facilities at the university, and a community of similar heavy heavy tech uh, companies at Mm -hmm. uh, Velocity, which is the incubator we're at. Mm Um, you know, later as we we expand uh, the talent that we need to a, a broader range of people, and we start to build closer relationships with customers, we'll expect to you know have offices in Toronto where we, where we can have more access to this these things. Um, and I, I think this parallels the way a lot of heavy tech companies work in Silicon Valley, where you know a lot of companies have their big campus located in sub- suburban areas outside right. San Francisco. Right.
0: So I see you mentioned talent. What kind of skill sets are you looking for in coming years? And what would you tell the engineering and science students today about the need for a company like yours in, say, five years? So, like in
1: general, the tech economy is just—you know—it's changing faster, and uh, even people with established careers need to keep. Um, building new, new skills. And students have a really great opportunity to pr- prepare for the flexibility that they'll need ahead of time when they're in school, when their brains are most plastic and they have time to learn. Um, so I'd advise students to, you know, choose a specialty to get broad or you know a depth of knowledge in but also broaden their knowledge base by you know taking a lot a lot of elective courses you know in anything that they're interested in right. like even adding a semester or two to your education I think is really worth it to gain some familiarity with many of the emerging areas like artificial intelligence and quantum things that you might need to uh, know later in your career. Um, another thing that I think is important is to really try and engage with companies um, and people working in their careers in some way, whether whether it's through it, um, internships or Um, you know meeting people from the career that you'd like to work in Um, and you know ask them what their job is like and how it's changed over their career and what sort of things uh, you would they would suggest that the students learn Um, you know gone are the days where you can just assume that your university is going to teach you everything you know Um, I think students really have to take uh, their own initiative to go out and prepare themselves for the career that they want
0: well, thank you, Dr. Rena for sharing your vision and knowledge with us. I can't tell you how much I believe in quantum technology today. We thank wish you good luck for your work. And it was wonderful to have you on our show.
1: Thank you so much. It was great to
0: talk to you. Thank you. Friends, that was Dr. Rena of Aurora Quantum Technologies. We will see you next week with another entrepreneur who went against the odds to prove that what you work towards is what you get in life. Till then, keep spreading love.